Um, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, do you want to be known as? So, uh, let me quickly introduce Kameleon. myself. Um, my name is Cunning Chameleon, and um, yeah, I go by the name of CC to many friends. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, dude, welcome to the podcast. I do not know exactly where this podcast is going, but I do think that it is pretty important for people to start thinking about things that they aren't considering. Important discussions, important topics that I don't think could not affect everyone in this world. Yeah, and I'm glad that you've come here because as far as I can tell, you have some things that you'd like to talk about that I also want to talk about with you that uh, we've kind of been refraining from talking about just so that we can have our conversation here on the podcast. Um, would you like to bring up one of those topics or do you want to, you know, ask that question you're asking me before? Well, a topic I'd like to get in or to discuss and jump right into first would be your first podcast about AI and having AI rights. Yeah. Funny enough, yesterday I was on YouTube and there's a new movie coming out this year that deals specifically with that um, an AI goes rogue and they're called helpers. They're not referred to as AI bots. They're just called helpers. And the AI goes rogue and there's a whole fact dilemma of uh, whether AI should be given rights in order to make important decisions on their own or for their owners or masters as they're referred to. And the movie, the entire plot goes about just, just rights for the AI. It's not the most important issue in the movie. I don't think that's the entire topic or the meaning of it, but um, that's what I could figure out from the trailer. So uh, that's that's what I'd like to bring up from the last podcast. Thank you for bringing up the last podcast. That's actually sick. Um, yeah, because I'm going to have another friend on a podcast and he's also going to also bring up the first podcast. So that's hopefully going to also be expanded on. And I like the um, fact that you're bringing up pop culture yeah so i'm not always so you know glued to pop culture i always just see it um as people bring it up obviously if it's concerning you know the general population someone will mention it and then i'll be able to get all the information i need or at least all the important points without having to do a whole bunch of research myself um people bring up every every topic ever i mean i don't search the news for topics people bring them to you no you've you've mentioned many times if it's important somebody will mention it around you exactly so what you're mentioning about this i think um and of course you may, you noticed it because we spoke about um ai having rights and things is that um it's going to be a theme in all these things because there's obviously like a finite amount of themes that you can talk about if you're making a movie that has ai right and one of the themes is of course going to be like them being sentient or them being conscious or them being the same as us and needing rights and i think like in that case obviously the rights are going to benefit the producers of the bots because then people can't just like um they would have to use their bots if they bought them you can't just put it away and turn it off or use it for parts right so now they would have to you know use the product they paid for and that would make sense in that world where they're creating a world where people are selling bots or home bots or um, general purpose robots, well, caretakers. I, I don't think this could just apply to AI. I think it applies to, to many things. Um, a current example is I know um, there's a, a specific company that owns the IEC, that's the Independent Election Commission. 
Okay. And they are able to manipulize, manipulate uh, votes and um, shit. That's Jippo. not good. No, that's not good. <laughs> but of course, um, that now that how that relates to AI is because they've got funding from the ANC. ANC could obviously take back funding should they not yeah. have things should they not way. be happy with the way the II the IEC um, yeah. runs the votes just if you want to write down any thoughts just to be able to keep you on track you don't need to use it um, cool. but th th that relates to AI sorry I yeah no it does it does because it's obviously under the same thing which is maintaining control like once you have power and control a lot of your power and control is used on maintaining Maybe that power and control right yeah because it's um, easier to lose it than it is to get it Right, so maintaining it is easy. It's more important. It's like a car; you'd rather maintain it than let it break down and have to fix it. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of effort and energy. Yes, used to do that. So much. So it's always just better to rather maintain. So a lot of power does uh, go to maintaining power, and I mean that. But makes then I mean, sense. doesn't that bring into like the discussion of us being comfortable with maintaining? Like it would be easier for us to just maintain comfort. Um, so I think that it goes to a point, right? Because you at every point look at the world around us we're all maintaining a level of um comfort or standard and if you're enjoying the life that you were brought into and you're like okay i need a certain amount of income to be able to create this life for myself and my children you know then you will look into that you'll be like okay i need to get a job i need to do this so that um yeah, my parents, it. I could mimic my parents. Right? My parents are very comfortable and I want to be that level of comfort, if not yeah. better. So I think that, yeah, it is, it is a lot about that. But we do have like the mechanisms of our brain, which is the dopamine. And the more you get the same dopamine, you end up um, needing more for the same thing. Right? That's why we get conditioning. We get addicted to things. You end up needing more of the same um, activity to be able to get... The increase. So, if you're enjoying that standard of life, you'll eventually get less and less satisfaction out of it, and eventually you'd need to drive for a better quality of it, which I think is a great mechani uh, mechanism of the universe yeah. we're in, which is very good. It, it means like we're always going to be striving for a better condition. I think dopamine is a. I think dopamine is a really cool topic to discuss, and the impact it has on almost every human decision we make on our on our daily lives. Because, I mean, dopamine deals on the concept of, of comfort. I mean, we're comfortable with the routes we currently take to, to and from work, to and from school, uh, to and from the shops. Uh, we're comfortable with the, the, the same movies we watch. We're comfortable with the music. We're not in search of, of more. And I feel with um, the way society portrays wanting more and getting out of your comfort zone is, is to some extent, an element of greed. Wanting mm. more. Yeah. But and, and society tries to hold us down and, and prevent us from, from going about that. Yeah, I think that when you're talking about that, you're talking about specific elements that um, or things that you've seen where they want you to kind of maintain a specific type of lifestyle and always go more, 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 right? Consumerism. But that is also, again, a mechanism of dopamine because, like, if you keep being at the same level of consumerism, it will bring you less and less satisfaction. Yeah, over a longer period. But, I mean, because you didn't spend enough time looking for more and or seeking discomfort you wouldn't have any other option but to just stay in the same consumer bracket. Uh, yeah, you do have to put... Your, it's uncomfortable trying to grow. Yes. Growth is uncomfortable. Um, but it's important. Yes. 
And the thing is that the, the less dopamine you're having, the more inclined you're going to be to push yourself to grow, right? Like, that's, that's important. And I think it's a very cool mechanism. But there's a lot of mechanisms at play where you have, like, you have cortisol, you have um, oxytocin, you're going to have, um, you know, that, that, the loved one. Oh, the, um, no, no, no uh, melatonin is for sleep. sleep yes, oxytocin is the loved one. Yeah, I think it's oxytocin, but uh, I can always double check that at some point. Um, yeah, and so you have the stress and then you have serotonin, which is like also balancing the level that these things are like adjusting. Sorry, I just clicked and I wanted to make sure I didn't stop. So then you have like serotonin, which is like the speed of which these things are getting like adjusted and shit like that. And it's just, I mean, the mechanism of humans makes a lot of sense to me and something to just tie back to AI from mechanisms of humans, right? Um, having a discussion with a, another person I respect last night, um, he was saying how like, you know, it's actually terrifying what AI can do. And the fact that like there is now, um, there's a website called Mid, Mid Journey, brilliant place you can go. You can generate any image you want off of word prompts. So you can say, um, two people sitting at a podcast and I'll make a picture like that. And if you get more descriptive, you can get it more to the picture you want. And this kind of makes artists redundant, redundant. And that's the argument he was having. And he was going on and on about it. And then eventually I was like, okay, he's not coming to where I came with, with the conclusion that basically when you train an AI, you're training it on human generated content, right? So, but so would you, human, are you trying to get it uh, having AI train AI? Yeah, so because eventually... To work at a faster degree than, than humans Yeah, because if, if an AI is generating art, right? A shit ton of art. Then you can train an AI on that art that was generated by an AI. Yeah. But then eventually there's no more new content. Because if you think about the things these things are trained on is... Based human on what generated human, human knowledge, yes. human past experience, yes. And then eventually it's not going to have new parameters and new types of experiences. It's going to become noise. Because if you keep training AI on AI generated things infinitely, eventually it's just noise. Like you're not getting improvement because there's nothing specifically new because it's just combinations of existing things that humans have made. And unless humans have made every possibility, which I doubt we have, of... Um, 2d art then there won't be a new stream of knowledge for the ai and i think that that's where like some people get very concerned and worried where they're like ah ai is going to take over the world we're not going to need artists and it's like at first like for a while you're not you're going to think you don't need artists (laughs) then suddenly someone's going to be like you know what you want you want more art here's my stuff you can train your ai on it but i'm not putting it on the internet anyway and you're like, oh shit, like this guy is now thinking about it differently. Well, I mean, obviously I am, but that artist is now thinking more logically. He's thinking more like a programmer. So he will then be aware of how AI works or someone has told him how AI works. And then he will, you know, not publicly disclose his information because we have these web crawlers, right? So Google's a web crawler. Google knows all the words and images on every website. Right. So you have that and then it can go and check those because obviously it needs to index them for when you search in Google. Mm. So then it, it's, it has access to all, the, all that information. But if you have things offline, also in a digital format that isn't connected to the Internet, then it's more valuable. So, yeah, it becomes about access.
which I think is um, very interesting. But that's just the concept of AI getting dangerous and replacing all humans, and I think it's impossible. So that's just to close off that tangent. Um, when you're talking about AI having rights, I just wanted to bring up that tangent again, if possible. No, go for it. Sweet. Interesting to listen. Yeah. So the AI having um, rights thing, to me, I think that if you think of it like extremely logically, why would you want something of rights, right? Yeah, obviously for it to benefit you. That's that's all it comes yeah. down to. Is but if you think about it like they can be like, oh, but it's child detriment if this thing has rights because then we have to pay it a certain amount of money. And it's like, okay, but what is it going to spend its money on? What, electricity? Who's providing electricity? Who's providing it updates? You. So it is very like another layer deep where like at first you could make it seem like you're not benefiting because if you look at like... Uh, at risk of being offensive is um, like apartheid, right? So apartheid had um, like free labor and stuff. And then when they had rights, it became more about um, compensation for labor, right? And also obviously all the human rights, which are of course what needs to be there, but from a point of labor, right? Because it's workforce, which is the same as basically what AI is, um, is that they then needed to spend their money so what are they going to spend their money on? What did the what did their yeah. workforce go towards? They're now getting having to spend money back on those things and continue their workforce, right? And that's just um, this this could uh, tie in closely to the discussion I wanted to talk about uh, the human population because you're now yeah. talking on the element of um, AI uh, integrating with the. Uh, human consumerism because i mean if you're saying ai has rights you'd also be talking about um, ai somewhat earning a salary or having being, time off being repaid to some degree uh, compensated in, in, compensated thank you in in some regard or in some form and obviously they're going to spend that compensation um such as humans whether that be uh, buying themselves new computer arms motherboards however it be um and eventually i feel to some degree that ai will take over human lives human human jobs and this ties in nice and close with um, how the un has said that we are going to be overpopulated in the next 10 to 15 years but uh, many individuals have come forward and say that quite the opposite is true i would like to ask about that because i'm actually very interested now um you're saying that uh individuals are saying that we're not well the biggest uh forerunner on this one is uh, elon musk so he's saying we're not overpopulated. No, he says we're going... Well, the biggest one was... Um, he mentioned how the Italian population will become extinct by some period in, in some year. I'm, I'm really not too sure. I don't think it matters for this conversation, but he says that the human population is in, in dire need of um, more people. Yeah, of repopulating. Repopulating, thank you. Yeah, so I think that... Um, that makes a lot of sense when you think about... Well, with what he's doing with regards to Mars or... Um, for his agenda, right? If we need more places to live, but we have too much population, then it makes more sense to go into um, another place to live. But if we don't have enough population, we need to breed. We need to create more human beings. Yeah. Um, and if we let's say, are averagely populated or overpopulated and you make people breed and have more population, then we need space. And what is he providing by taking us to Mars? It's space, space. right? So we're having 
That's pretty funny because it is in space. Anyways, <coughs> I caught on to that. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> so yeah, so he's providing, um, you know, us more potential places to live, more things to explore, more things to do. Um, but you know, he's not going to get really financial backing if you know there's a shit ton of space on Earth where that we aren't even using to live on. And I'll be like, okay, but then what's the point of going to Mars? Unless there's nice minerals, if there's a um, difficult set of like molecules or um, elements to make that we can't make here on Earth and it will take too much electricity or resources or time, then there's nothing financially good for us to go there. And since we're in a consumerism uh, society, finance is important. So I could... I would imagine he wants us to populate regardless, no matter whether we unpopulated or overpopulated. So that's, I believe, his motivations. Um, it's a financial motivation, and it's not about like tickling his exploration fancy because he likes exploring. He's very interested in actually making life a place worth living. But he won't be able to do that if he doesn't have funding, because we are, you know, obviously stuck. In well, the funding topic is kind of interesting. Um, finances is a very interesting. It is an interesting. Very, I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as to call it a, a black hole because I mean it could, could take the rest of the podcast. All of the, all of these topics we've touched on could literally be a podcast. Could be summed up with well, I think um, finance would be like the most time consuming because I mean almost everything we've touched on requires some form of money. In order yeah, to because get a I think that everything we've um, touched on is about humans and humans are using well i mean everything i mean dopamine uh, there's 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 big money in dopamine i mean like, let's mm. take social media platforms uh food dopamine rush entertainment in, incredibly dopamine uh, dopamine um consuming yeah that that's like the core concept of it and if you have a deep level understanding of how those things work in the brain you can you know create your target market you don't even need to find a target market because everyone's running on dopamine so you can just basically condition them. Yeah. Which is insane. And very unethical. Well, I mean, don't you think that's important? <coughs> it's every once in a while, uh, implement some form of a dopamine uh, detox. Yeah, so dopamine detoxes are very difficult. Like, I think that... I don't know. If done correctly, I think... I don't... I, I, I beg to differ. In which, which specific activity or... Well, if it... Just the concept of dopamine detox. You're talking about reducing your average... Um, consumption of dopamine let's use an example which means you're going to be sad because dopamine is basically tied to your happiness yeah but a detox doesn't mean you're totally getting rid of it i mean eventually in the future you are going to benefit from the fact that you've detoxed yes and i mean obviously I'm, uh, let's take let's take instagram or social media platforms uh, so my example would be let's have a patient or someone that's spends two hours a day on instagram okay yeah. That is no good because you're constantly, mentally, subconsciously um, comparing yourself to someone else on that platform. And obviously, that's like the greatest hits of a person's life. You can't and you could not compare yourself to that person. Mm. And obviously, this is a bad form of dopamine because you're getting a rush. You're, you're seeing positive things. Negative things. And all at the same time. And brain. Because it's constantly scrolling and it's always on. It's always mm. there. So, if we start limiting that person's always new yeah if we start limiting that person's usage from two hours a day to an hour 45 in one week then to an hour 30 and eventually it will cut down to the point that i'm sure they wouldn't feel the same amount of dopamine from it if they've learned to control it over a long period of time i think that like so i'm not saying that chance of relapse 
is oh, yeah no, relapse is, is a real thing with any addiction with it all almost anything because we're playing with dopamine mm. anything you can be addicted to you, you um of course are going to be able to relapse with um so just on the topic of like being reducing it and stuff like that from the limited information that i have and know is that um you know as you're reducing it right so let's say you were getting and let's just make a metric form for argument's sake right cool so let's say you're getting um two hours 200 dopamine okay in, in your day right yeah. you're getting um 200 dopamine from from you know that interaction then you'll get 190 from that the person's either gonna go and find that 10 different in something else, else. right now they watch series now they play a game and that thing that's the thing is we're like so if you're saying that no they just do this so that um that it's all their dopamine levels right so let's just say um for argument's sake you were saying i know that that's their only dopamine right yeah um and they didn't find a new supplement yep. to supplement the difference and then they slowly reduce their average then it's fine because then you're getting your average in a day and that's fine um I, during I that time you'll be you're getting it, yeah we have a certain amount of, of dopamine that we have access to in a day this yeah. is just an example through coffee through food through drinking water when you're thirsty tv shows through sex through a number of different outlets yeah and where we choose to spend it could impact our future to some degree definitely I, I think instagram is a pretty good example sex is a great example all the social medias anything with internet i mean internet is now um becoming seen as part of the md5 which is like a classification of diagnoses so um internet consumption internet addiction mm. yeah is becoming seen as a legitimate um diagnosis you can have uh that's gaming Porn addiction. Yeah, porn addiction is a big one. I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, browsing I, addiction. Um, Facebook, all these things. They're all they're internet, all yeah. they're all. Great. I think that like one of the most dangerous ones is definitely porn because not only is it originally. I'm so glad you brought this media. one up. My biggest my biggest argument with pornography is it, it especially the, when you consume it from such a young age is your brain is slowly learning and adjusting and you're exposed to watching other people. I would prefer to use the word love, make love, but in, in, in porn forms, it's degrading. It's, like it's, it's just fuck. That, yeah. that's, that's all it is. Just, yeah. It's two people fucking. There's nothing. There's no love. Yeah. There's nothing. And you're, you're slowly learning to condition yourself to be a bystander, to, to, to seek joy and dopamine from watching other people yeah. fuck. That's the whole... Um, and from a, such a young age, I'm sure the impacts as you, as you develop will, will slowly show on, on to your, your significant other. And I'm sure your level of um, dopamine rush will weaken with the specific porn that you you, you watch. Yeah. So I mean, if you watch, you always have to start changing the porn that you have. It is a it's of conditioning. Fapper. Fappening. No. Fap. Uh, no fap. No, no, no. No fap is uh, is avoiding pornography and masturbation altogether. Um, there's a there's a term used as you watch a person slowly go down the pornography rapid hole, and the porn becomes more and more aggressive to the point where they could start watching people yeah, uh, choking things, each other terrible out. Terrible things. Yeah, no, it, it gets bad and that's just because of conditioning and the way dopamine works in the but brain. But what irritates me is pornography is going in the same way as the tobacco industry did in the 1900s, where at first a lot of people assumed there was no harm in tobacco. But yeah, And in order to keep it uh, this, this clean image of there's no harm done to tobacco, big uh, tobacco companies were financially funding a lot of these research 
which ties into you know when you have power and influence you spend a lot on maintaining your power and influence because now you want to make tobacco seem fine and good and look for research that says it's good and well, tobacco has done it the gambling industry has yep. done it and i i convinced the pornography industry is doing the same thing I doubt that they actually have to because um, well, the I mean, biggest problem with the, the pornography is like, okay, Facebook's is super um, successful, right? And that's just because of novelty and social media consumption. Well, I mean, everyone's on it. So, I mean, if you're doing research on something you're already exposed to, wouldn't you be a bit biased towards your research? Do you get what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah. I mean, if a researcher has been exposed to pornography for 10 years and he's not told, okay, listen, from now on, yeah, you have to prove to us that different. pornography is dangerous. They, they, they wanted to do a study on... Um, the difference between males who've seen pornography and males who haven't. Yeah, I remember find someone who they hasn't. couldn't find someone who hadn't been exposed. Well, a level of pornography. I, I think they went into that the wrong. I've I heard this when I was like in grade seven because yeah. I've been an advocate against pornography for a very long time. My argument against that one is what at what level of pornography? Because I mean, people get exposed or people are yeah, at different how, levels. How deep are they in the addiction? I mean, you get soft hole porn. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's and the more addicted porn. you are, the further down that rabbit hole. Right. You are. And the, the more dangerous it becomes. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, mention why I actually brought it up was the fact that it's it's a two factor um, addiction where, like, firstly you have the um, sexual dopamine rush, right? So you have your well, primal insects. human need, yes. Yeah. To have, so your to primal insects, and then the second one is the entertainment, right? Which, which you are getting through either Facebook series or anything like that. So it's acting on these two parts of your... Which is even more dangerous because it's not consuming twice as much. Exactly. As we discussed. And, with and like gives you twice as, as much. much. So certainly. then it, you become uh, um, addicted. But and it's like a, it's like a wolf. Um, I heard the saying once, um, if you take a knife and drench it in blood and then freeze that knife, and leave it outside in the snow and a wolf comes at first the wolf's going to lick it but the uh, tongue is going to be so so cold it's not going to realize that it's cutting itself because of the knife and i feel that's what pornography is doing to a lot of people yeah and i also think people's intellect is the same i i put i would say you it's kind of in the same category people aren't aware you say i mean that goes back to the the tobacco what we just discussed now Mm. is people aren't aware of yeah of how dangerous and consuming it could be yeah yeah, and then it comes into the the power play and the influence play where like now this person is rich from this stream of income now they want to maintain it and then they cause more harm yeah I think that in life the hardest way to make money is to be ethical where you truly ethical and you you you're aware of how you are making money and the consequences of it and the conditioning you're creating in that individual as well as um, yourself yeah, you've like I've never thought about this. The hardest way to make money is to be completely ethical. I mean, that's why condom I, companies I kill future customers. I'm sure you've heard that saying before. That's interesting. Yeah, here it's kills. I mean, tobacco, the tobacco industry kills the current customers. But I can't imagine that um, it actually does because if you make people enjoy sex, they're going to want to do sex more, whether they have a condom or not. So it depends how you look at it. And if you think about tobacco killing people, it's like, yeah, but they probably, if they really enjoy it, going to do things to make sure that they stay healthy to be able to keep having tobacco, be able to keep affording it. So it's like there's different arguments to all of these things, and, and we never really ever have enough information. And it's always just, I think, good to look at it yeah. and think about I mean, that's basically the whole point of this podcast is to make people think about things that they just weren't to make them aware. Thinking. Just to make them aware. And give them something to talk about in conversations and be like, wait, what about this? You know, start looking at things from a different point. How of view. I love to look at podcasts is um, when I'm alone on walks or specifically in the shower, like a nice hot shower at the end of a day. 
and you just think about important discussions you've listened to over the, the period of 24 hours. So, I mean, the, this, this conversation that we've had the entire day about power and maintaining that power, I know for a fact I'm going to go home and sit in the shower and think about that. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of what we've, we've very shallow covered yeah. a shit ton of a things. Broad, very broad topics. Yeah. Honestly, I'd love it if you come again and we keep talking about either any of these or we go into even new things. Fantastic. I would yeah. love to as well. Yeah, you keen? All right, cool. Um, until next time, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, if there's any topics you think that you would like us to check out and, um, you know, say it again. Um, yeah, I'd just like to say cheers uh, from my end, uh, over and out, Cunning Chameleon. Yeah, so uh, obviously a uh, huge thanks to Cunning Ch- Chameleon for uh, attending here and making this pretty fun. I enjoyed it. And yeah, cheers guys.